Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. So I want to I talk to you about the area of honor. There are some ancient pathways. There's ancient tracks that have been established and built in the realms of the spirit. And I use the word ancient because they're old pathways. The Bible speaks of old pathways. And these pathways have been responsible for the rising of men. They've been also responsible for the dethroning of individuals as well. And one of these pathways is the spirit of honor. The reason why I want to bring this to the church is because our culture in the world, our world culture it doesn't honor really. It honors in some place, some of our customs do, and we do that here and that, but it's more than that. So I want to broaden it out, and I want to talk to you about honor because it will absolutely transform your life. It will elevate you. It will lift you up. It will favor you. It will open uncanny doors according to your destiny. But what happens is when we don't honor, doors begin to close. So we've got to look at that. We've got to understand. So some of us, we're all being challenged. I have been challenged that before. I've been challenged a lot. I'm having to be on my knees repenting and, 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 and asking the Lord and to, to actually show me, show me areas, show me different things where I have not honored and, and honored family members and people, honored his church or, or honored certain individuals uh, in our community and society. And so, so I think if God is speaking to me, I bet he's speaking to you. Amen. And uh, so anyway, I know some of you have, have come back to us and said you've, you know, you've been challenged in these areas. Uh, just generally speaking, you have, and, and that's a good thing. And uh, because we want to have our insides chipped away because we want to be like Jesus, okay? And so this is not about religion. Man, I tell you what, this is not about religion. This is not about control. This is about an order, in the, a divine order in the realm of the spirit that's universal, it's global, and it works for nations. It works for non-Christians. It works for atheists, secularists, Satanists. It works for Muslimists. It works for everybody. It works for born-again Christians. And that's the difference between people breaking through and not breaking through personally. I want to present this to you. I believe this is the most important message, pretty much. But it underpins the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is built on honor. The kingdom of God is established on righteousness and justice, but it's built on the principles of honor. God honors man. God honors families. He honors natural governments. He honors the destitute, the broken. He honors. And it's understanding what honor means is to hold in high value. It means to esteem. It means to elevate. It means to lift up. It's putting someone else's life before us. It's such a big thing. And I've seen ministries that I know personally have dishonored situations, and they have had like heavens closed over them. I know uh, this happened to political figures, this happened to business people, where there should be opportunities, and you're frustrated sitting there or standing and thinking, why aren't things happening for me? I want you to go back, check back into your own, the container of your heart, and begin to ask the Lord, Father God, where have I erred? Because you could be sincere, even in a conflict situation, you might be right, or you might be sincere in that area. But if it wars against a principle of honor, even though we were sincere, we can still have things closed. So we could say, well, I was sincere about that. No doubt you were, and I respect that you were sincere. But if we've actually violated principles, the principles actually work against us. You know what I'm saying? So honor is really important for us. So we'll just start into the scripture here. I found the one in Jeremiah, and this is how it starts. Jeremiah 6.16. 
This is what the Lord says. I love that. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. The law of honor, and I've listed these things. The laws of honor. So there are spiritual laws. You understand that there are spiritual laws. There's the, there's the laws of seed time and harvest and Genesis 8. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's the laws of like the sowing and reaping laws. There's the pride and humility laws. And there's also the laws of honor and dishonor. And God has carefully placed these things into our community. He's placed these into our society. And it's what helps govern the world. It's what protects the world. And when we begin to honor... And you see the key areas where God is specifically asking us to, to share honor to, you'll realize that it's created to build a really holistic and a healthy community and a healthy society. But when we're in dishonor and we violate the principles, it actually breaks down our society and brings forth a thing called chaos or lawlessness. So here we go, just some ideas for us. You will find failures can, uh, in life can be traced back to dishonor when we fail to honor God. Dishonor is a trivializing of things held in value. Honor is responsible for the elevation of men and women and the sustaining of their character. You will not find a man or a woman on this earth that has been mightily used of God that has not worked in the principles of honor. You will find that a tragic life for somebody something that's happened to them or they're operating in something, but it's tragedy all around it, you will find somewhere you can sniff around and you will find the area of dishonor. Uh, one man put it this way, honor is a lavish reward, but dishonor is a vicious disciplinarian. Interesting. Honor carries preferential treatment. God opens up uncanny doors for you that you're not qualified necessarily to have. Uh, time does not change things, but our decision begins to reveal things over time. Um, we shouldn't give, I, I believe this, we shouldn't give people a role or a position, particularly in the kingdom, if they're not working in the principles of honor because it actually backfires and it spreads amongst people's lives. Dishonor spreads. Honor is captured. It's not a spiritual gift but it is engrafted. We find it as we humble ourselves and embrace the fear of the Lord. Uh, honor comes around our life, and out of that, there's an expression of honor that begins to honor our enemies, begins to honor those that come against us, begins to honor and elevate government and so forth. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. In fact, I'm going to do a series on natural government because I feel like we need to understand why is government being placed on the earth? What is its actual function? And how does kingdom government, God's government, how does it work in with it? At what stage do you obey it? At what stage do you not obey? It, all of these things. And I want to clarify some thoughts because during the COVID-19 virus that came through the world, there was all kinds of banter that went out, but I feel like we've got to go back to the Bible. It's what the Lord says. Okay, that's important because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's a liberation around your spirit as we give heed to the word of Lord. So it's not about prejudice, it's not about being anti-something, it's all about embracing the word of God, which supersedes this earth and so forth. Amen. Uh, okay. Honor is a choice. 
All right, so let's go. All right, so here's a scripture. It's a foundation of scripture found all the way back in Genesis. It's really awesome. It's found in Genesis chapter 8, verses 22. I, I, this, is, this, is actually, this is actually one of my favorite scriptures. I've known it for many years, but I've looked at it, and it's kind of, do you, do you, do you ever look at something, and all of a sudden you appreciate it, but you look at it more, and you appreciate it even more? It's the same with the Word of God. It's like God gives us progressive, ongoing revelations into simple scriptures. So the scripture is just not a dead end. You understand it and you move on. No, God begins to go back to that scripture and you realize, no, my goodness, I'm realizing it's, it's, incap- it's encompassing more. That is the word of God. Okay, this is what it says. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and winter, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. In other words, hey, as long as we're around on this earth is stable, there are some things that are built into planet earth. We're going to have a winter. We're going to have a summer. We're going to have hot. We're going to have cold and so forth, and day, and we're going to have night. But at the same time, we're also going to have a principle that's wrapped in there too. And it's actually the first principle that comes up is the laws of seed, time, and harvest. In other words, what you sow determines where you go in life. Jesus, uh, uh, or Paul actually says, I think it's in Corinthians, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So in other words, if we're wanting to be blessed, we have to look at what we're sowing. If things are going uh, havoc around our life, let's have a humble look at perhaps what we've sown. And so it's a law in the realm of the spirit that governs. Now, this works for the Christians. This works for the atheists. This works for the secularists or so forth or whatever people group around the world. It's the laws of seed, time, and harvest. Whatever you sow determines where you go. Whatever you sow produce multiplication. So if you sow a smile, you get back a smile. You sow servitude and, and attitudes of appreciation, it will come down, pressed down, shaken, and running all over to you. If you sow money, it's going to come back. That's the principle of the Word of God, and it works. And I've seen it in my own life, and you've seen it in your life. I remember one time I was giving, and I just... The, I, I, um, I was just reminded because somebody as a visitor came in and said he goes to my brother's church and apparently my brother gave an illustration of this principle and I've given uh, uh, probably about eight or nine watches away and some of them have been bought, borderline on expensive and some of them have been pretty average and, uh, but I've decided I got into that time I was wearing a watch and, uh, and I would give it away. And then a random person I'd be talking to would say, hey mate, I don't know what it is but would you like my watch? And I'd say... Yes, I'd love your watch. And then what would happen is this, I'd have that watch for about six or seven months and I would give it to a person. I'd pray about it. Who should I give it to? I'd give it to somebody else. And then some other person would rear their head and say, hey, I've got a watch. I've got a gift for you. I was thinking about you while I was overseas. I want to give you a watch. And I would get that watch. And finally, I would going. I actually stopped actually but I haven't had any more uh, uh, harvesting going on. And, and, uh, but, this, but, but it's the laws of seed time and harvest. That's how that works. I remember a while ago, I wanted a, a, to be involved with a certain corporation, a certain job, and I really wanted that job. And I said, Lord, what is the key? And so the Lord says, I want you to sow $500. 
I thought, oh, wow, sow $500, and I want you to sow it to so-and-so a person. So I gave them the envelope, and I said, hey, this is a gift. Within that week, that job opened up to me. It's the laws of seed time and harvest. I would encourage you to go back, digest it, meditate on that word. But when it comes down to honor, if we honor, we are going to be honored. As Samuel says, and I'll read it probably in just a moment, that it comes a time when we honor the Lord, he will honor us. But if we dishonor the Lord, the Bible says on a word there in the Greek, he actually despise us. Can you imagine it? Lightly esteem or despise us. So there is an honor principle that's been stacked into the word. Maybe somebody has done something horrible to you. Likely so, but what we do, we love our enemies in return. We honor them, we forgive them, we don't diss them or uh, speak bad about them. We love them in the private place. We love them in the private conversation. We give them the benefit of the doubt also because Jesus says they don't understand what they do. And so it's the ability, it's the capacity. And remember I said this, it takes a big person or a secure person to honor somebody when they have been dishonored by the same person. It takes something. And that's a challenge for all of us to be able to learn the habits and know the art of communicating honor in every way. We talk about customs to customs and, and so forth, but it's actually having an honorable spirit wherever we go because God, remember, he observes how we treat people we don't think we need. And so when somebody's not in our network of circles or somebody's not esteemed, what it is for us is we honor them anyway in the private place. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Okay, so let's go into this one. We're talking about Shem, uh, Jabeth, uh, and we're talking about Ham, the sons of Noah. Shem, of course, is where Abraham, two, 422 years, comes from. A line of Shem. Ham is where Canaan came from, or where the Canaan community that took on Israel, if you like. That's where that came from. But look what happens here. Okay, so we have Noah, hops off the ark, settles himself, makes a vineyard, begins to produce, I guess, alcohol or so forth, but he gets drunk on his own vineyard. The Bible says that. So he gets drunk there, and he's completely naked. Ham goes in. Ham goes in and he looks at his father's nakedness. Now, you can read between the lines. I don't know, and it's difficult to speculate exactly what his son did. Whether he mocked him, whether he, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever he did, I, it's not clear. There's speculation, but we don't know. Nobody knows because it's, not, because it's not there. So he plants this finu. Now, here we go to Genesis 9, uh, 23. Let's have a look at this. Shem and J. Peth, brothers, had a different spirit. So we have Ham, begins to dishonor dad, but the other two brothers did something very different. Let's focus on them for just a moment. They took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked backwards and covered their father's naked body. In other words, they didn't just walk in and, and chuck it over their dad. Hey, dad, come on, man. What's going on? No, no, no. They, they honor and respect their father, Noah, and they begin to walk backwards and put the blanket or the covering over their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so they would not see their father naked. Okay, so that they honored him. Okay. 
Let's go to verse 24, though. Noah awakes from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Sometimes when you're dishonored, you just pick it up. You know in the realm of the spirit when someone's been talking about you, someone's having a go at you, a family member or so forth, you just feel there's something going on in the realm of the spirit. Noah was probably asleep in a stupor, but he understood either spiritually or he understood because he could comprehend what a son had done to him, son Ham. So what does he do? Now we know that he turns around and he begins to curse his grandson. Now here's how this goes. Ham has a son, Canaan. God, uh, Noah does not curse Ham, the perpetrator. Now when you go into the, uh, the theology behind this and concordances, probably because Ham was actually blessed by the Lord. And the Bible says what God has blessed, don't curse. There's all of that. But what he does, he begins to speak forth a curse on his son, which would be Noah's grandson. So Bice passes Ham, speaks it, pronounces it, and prophesies doom. If you study the Canaanites, you begin to see how God began to annihilate them through Joshua. Sodom and Gomorrah, the Hittites and so forth, are all linked in with Cain's line. The ability to be able to not mock, not make fun of people is important. Now, I'm going to throw this out because I'm going to get a little bit uh, delicate with you on these things. There are ministries around the world that I don't agree with theologically. It's just like, wow, that doesn't stack up spiritually. But I don't make fun of what they look like. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, going back to our government, when Jacinta Ardern, and I'm going to make a case of this, uh, I wasn't in agreement with a lot of things that went through the Labor government. That's fine. From a Bible point of view, I wasn't. But we should never have, and not that you did, but people have from the pulpit and so forth and private conversations and on social media, supposed to be representing Jesus, made fun of what she looked like, made fun of the teeth, and began to make snarly comments about looking like a horse and so forth. That's unbecoming of a Christian. So in other words, we've got to drop the mock. We don't ridicule people. We love and we honor people. We may not agree with everything our government does, but we don't go on a tirade and begin to make fun of them. We begin to love them. And the Bible says the thing we should be doing is praying and upholding for them because that's a New Testament apostolic mandate. It doesn't say make fun and ridicule. It says pray earnestly for government and people in high places of authority. That's very important, and I think that's where we need to be, uh, clean ourselves in the realms of the Spirit, because the enemy has stuff on people, and he has stuff on churches and stuff on movements. And what we want to do, we want to be able to come into his presence, and, and the enemy is not the accuser, beginning to say, no, hang on one moment, this is what Jonathan said. And he's got some things on us. So we need to go before the Lord. Like I said, I don't agree with everything, that's fine. Biblically, I think there's a whole lot of stuff over abortion and, and, and other stuff that's, that we understand that, but we still honor them as they are in a role of authority. Now, let me throw this out at the same time. What's happened in an effort to lift up God in a bid to do that, we've actually pegged men down. 
I want you to think about that. So we don't honor men because we're frightened they may get proud or so forth. And so and in order to, to, even with ministries coming in, we begin to look at Jesus, but who did they come through? They came through an earthen vessel. So we must honor the man. God has relegated himself to humanity, has relegated himself to man. God moves through men. He moves through woman, and we honor the vessel. We may not agree everything with what the vessel says or does, and you may not agree with everything I say and does or whatever, but uh, do whatever, but the reality, you still honor the office. You honor the function. We honor me because I have intrinsic value and intrinsic worth. It's exactly the same with you, your family, your elder folk, or your children. They all have, everybody has intrinsic worth. Even your neighbor has intrinsic worth. You might be at loggerheads. Maybe there's a fuel to so forth. You could be the very broker for revival just because you come in the name of honor and the name of humility across the hedge. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. These are real things we need to look at. Miriam and Moses, we know this one because we've talked about this before, but I like this, Numbers 12.1, then Miriam and, 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 and uh, Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Verses 2, so they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now I say this respectfully, but the law was not invited into the conversation. Think about that. It's not like he was part of it. It's not like she had inquired of the law with Aaron and he was there. Not part of the conversation. The Bible says he comes down because they began to put their heel or a word against Moses who the Lord spoke with face to face. And you want to understand the principle of honor. God looked after and he gave mercy to Aaron. He gave mercy to, to Miriam, his older sister. But she was struck with leprosy for seven days and held out of the camp. But read what God says about it. Very interesting, the principles of honor. I'm going to go a little bit deeper with this because I feel like uh, there's inherent rebellion in our hearts and we begin to despise authorities, despise bosses, look down on people because the way they dress or whatever. But that is, that's not us. We are harvesters and we don't get a choice in the kind of harvest it is at times. We can have that apple that looks ugly or bent up or broken. Everything comes in in the kingdom of God, and it's God's business of who he reconciles. It's our business to be doing the labor and to bringing every person and every tribe, every culture, every creed, and so forth. Okay, Prophet Elisha. Oh, think about this. Elijah has a temperament that sort of went up and down. Elijah has a kind of like a, a, a horizontal temperament. But in, uh, in the, um, the Kings, uh, 2 Kings 2.23, Elisha's walking down. And the group of young people that begin to mock him is a type and a picture of the general community that begin to mock the word of the Lord. And so these guys basically say, go up, you bald head. Anybody that's bald this morning, do not, be, do not be ashamed, my brothers. Most of us are going there. But, or it might be by choice. But no, think about this. They said, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. 
And do you know what happens? What they were trying to say, Elijah went up. See if you can go, are you really a prophet? And so what he does, the, the old King James uses the word she bears. The new King James says female bears. But supernaturally, he calls down a judgment upon them and they were all killed. And you think, my goodness, these are teenagers with their folly and where's the grace and where's the forgiveness and turning the cheek and so forth. God put a protection on the carrier of the word of God and brought a judgment on it because he's speaking against one of God's holy prophets. I want you to understand that. Go up your bald head. Go up your bald head. Verse 23, and then he went up from to Bethel. 2 Kings 2.23, then he went up. And then 24 is the one I want, sorry. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled them, 42 of the youths. People have lost strategic positions. I want you to think about this because of our words. Don't you think that our words are hidden in secret? It's often not the case. Proverbs doesn't think so. Solomon he says the things that you begin to speak in private that are negative begin to get blasted out. So the birds of the air begin to take them out. Murray is actually, oh, Nancy, I think it was, or Murray, has actually heard conversations going on and, and, and confronting the issues. And they begin to, yeah, that, that is exactly what you can feel. I remember one time I was criticized, and you can criticize the pastor. And that's not what this is about, really. It's, it's not what that's about. But Natasha and I were walking in the Kai Terry Terry, and, uh, and I felt like there was a man standing next to me and his wife. And they're walking. I said, my goodness, uh, so-and-so and so-and-so, and I remember their names, are walking with us. And, uh, and I said, man, this is weird. It's like they're here, they're, they're with us. And it wasn't a good presence, but there they were in the realm of the Spirit. The Lord was showing me. I get back into Christchurch, and the first conversation I walked into the church because I was in ministry there, they were, they were older than me. And they said, oh, so-and-so, man, they've been gunning you down, man. And uh, we were in youth ministry, and they didn't like the way we are running the youth. And out there or whatever, I don't know. But, uh, but you see, the thing was, was conversations. And we got, so what I want to say is, look, if you want to protect and get a toxic environment out of your house, begin to bring praise. Honestly, it, what a difference that is. Uplift the children. Honor the children. Speak well. Get the car, uh, sarcasm out and whatever it is that we, we, we do and begin to honor, love, virtue them, value them, lift them up. Uh, ready for this? Get rid of the performance that we have over some of our children. You've got to be like your older sister or older brother. No, 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 no. They are who they are. Take away the performance of them and love them. Whether they do well or don't do well, they know there's security and stability in the home because dad and love love them unconditionally. It wasn't based on performance orientation. Very important for us, especially as we, um, uh, there's, there's so much emphasis on these other things. Okay. Heaven will not back dishonor. Sorry, we have to repent. And the good news is, actually, the, the only area where God blesses in the area of dishonor is if we repent. That's the, that's the only thing, if you put those things together. But he won't back dishonor. So if we've dishonored a situation, you will find it has a life of its own. It trails us. It trails us and we're later on and we're wondering why this hasn't happened and God begins to speak to us and we realize my goodness me and my dad I need to put that right 
Me and my sister, I've dishonored her. I haven't spoken to her for five years. We just don't. And you say, well, maybe she was wrong. And maybe she's 90% wrong. But let's take a 10%, uh, a responsibility over the 10% of our attitude. And let's just put a phone call together and saying, sister, I just want to just tell you that I ab. And it might be the thing that breaks her down now. You know, when, when children, we dishonor our parents, we become familiar. And when something's in scarcity, something is scarce, we kind of hold it in value. But when we've got all sorts of Bibles around Rarotonga, go to every, uh, pretty much every customary uh, weddings and funerals and, 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 and uh, meetings and that, and prayer is prayed, we kind of, it's, it's, it's like, oh yeah, hum and ho. You know what I'm saying? We become familiar with it. But if you go over to North Korea, <laughs> where you can't even have a Bible and you're not allowed to be a Christian by belief even, then it's like if there's a Bible somewhere or someone's actually going to have a meeting, a church meeting, it's like, I'd love to be part of that because I need to be fed spiritually. You see what I'm saying? Do you? Sometimes I carry these burdens, church. I'll be really honest with you. I just, I do and I get concerned for our nation sometimes and I, I love our country dearly. I just, I love our country dearly. And God has placed us in the fabric here. He's put us here. But I get concerned because I think like uh, we're having a lot of desserts. We're having a lot of good times. And Murray was just saying on his, um, his uh, um, live stream, he said, New Zealand thinks it's like a big player internationally. New Zealand is a very, very small player internationally, respectfully for the country and everything stand, but it is. And so that, where, where does the Cook Island? So we're even smaller again, respectfully. And, and it's almost like we can be cocooned. We can hear the stuff on social media, but praise God, it's not here. And we can have that attitude, well, oh, okay, let's just party. No, no, let's cherish the moment. Let's cherish the fact that we can pray publicly, that we can meet without stigma or prejudice. Let's begin to cherish relationships. Do you know what I'm saying there? I really hope we grasp this whole area of honor because if we don't, even honoring our bodies, pornography does not honor a body and a, 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 your body, but also looking at images, it doesn't honor them. You say, well, they're flirting out. It doesn't matter. It still doesn't honor them, and it certainly doesn't honor God. Honoring the children, loving the children, loving Israel. With the Bible says there's a blessing that comes as we bless Israel. And you could do a study of all the nations that have come pretty much to nothing, one after another, empires that actually put their heel against the Jewish state of Israel or against the Jewish people, and they've come down because the Bible was very clear through Abraham. What you bless is critical and important. It's not that that country's doing everything right. We didn't say that, please. But we still have to honor and bless what God has blessed because there's a promise that comes with it. The promise of loving and respecting and honoring parents comes with a promise. In fact, in the, 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 the Ten Commandments, it's the only one that actually uses that word. And therefore, as parents, we don't get off on that. Yeah, man, he's gone. you got to honor me. Yeah, right. Another car cleaning job for you. No, we don't take advantage of that. And I want to say this. We don't take advantage of anybody. We don't use people. Okay? We have to honor people, esteem them, treat them better than we could be treating ourselves. That's important. So we're getting there. Praise the Lord. <sighs> okay, this world belongs to men. 
in Psalms 115, 16, the heavens belong to God, but God has placed it or he's given it unto men. So we have a system of man. I want you to think about that. We have a ethics and, and things that kind of little natural laws and expectations that run around humanity. We have a mentality that is not biblical, I'll read it out, that tries to bypass men and have a direct line with God and doesn't consider men. In other words, what we're doing here is this, is that we, when Murray and Nancy come in, and this is not jacked up or for them or anything like this, this is to do with me, pastor, this is to do with you, person. And it's what we, we honor the vessel because they have a representation of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit inside of them. So we honor the vessel. We honor them. It doesn't matter what we look like or what. That's very important for us. But so when we're coming to this, just to clarify, we have a mentality. God chooses men and God chooses to work through the systems of men. Very important. A wrong concept in the body of Christ that in order to honor God, we trivialize and we bring down men. That is a destructive concept. It doesn't work. No, we elevate them. And uh, we, can, we can look at pastors' wives. What do they know? Probably more than all of us. Because they're in. You know what I'm saying? And there are, there's, uh, let, me, let me just get a little bit detailed with you, a little bit delicate with you, okay? And the window of delicacy is this. Sometimes we get jealous over pastors' wives. Seriously. There are some people sitting in, in churches across the world that think they should be the pastor. Take it on. But it's true, it sits there and it's just, I've I, I listened to people that say, oh, I could preach a better message. Well, maybe you could and maybe you will do, but man, let's just bring the attitude down and have the grace of the Lord and come with humility because it's not sometimes about what we do, it's who God is raising up. I think that's really important. And I want to say this, God raises up people beyond their qualifications. He raises up people beyond their experience. And we think, how did they get that? They got that because they mastered the realms of honor. And, 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 and we, need to, we need to flow with that and recognize there are some positions. Like I was thinking about Mark Brown and his position this morning, that's an honorable position. Doesn't matter who has that title. He may not be a next time or he may be whatever it is, or there may be a baton change. That's irrelevant to this point. The position and the role, we honor it. God has actually placed that as an ordinance amongst us. The Bible talks about honoring the elders amongst us. They're elderly amongst us. That, that this kind of like, may not be a, 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 an ordinance as a role, in a, a title role, but it still is a role. Now, when we came here, I, I wanted to kind of uh, get rid of the whole thing because people were saying, oh, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Jonathan. I thought, oh man, my, I, my name is Jonathan. And you don't have to call me title and we go overseas and it's all about badges sometimes and titles. And, you know, people feel like they've, um, they're validated because they've got a role, they've got a position, and it makes them feel good. And we're going to talk about organic Christianity and being led by the Spirit on the gathering and so forth. But, it, but what has happened, we can go the other way and then we just don't honor anymore. Oh, they're just coming. Oh, girl, what time are they coming in? Oh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I might turn up on Thursday. Turn up on Thursday. We've paid bucks to get them in for you. When we're gonna, if we're going to have revival, do you know what I think we really need? We need every vessel, every vessel that's hungry for God. And, and I know it's a sacrifice, and I know it's difficult, and I know we've got children factor, and sometimes you'll have the wisdom of Solomon to how to resolve those issues. 
But nonetheless, put a demand on God. And I know God can capture you at home. I understand that because we can teach that. I respect that. But when someone comes in like that, man, we want to be there. And I want to thank you. Uh, for guys that are coming out to the gatherings, because I know it's a midweek meeting and so forth, but I, I just want to honor you and appreciate you for doing it, because I know with young children, sometimes uh, uh, grandparents and other people have got to get involved and that sort of stuff. But honestly, this, the blessing upon you and the return upon you, you may not see it the next week. It may be not the week after, but could possibly be a month later. In fact, let me tell you this. You are reaping what you've sown back here. There are some of you are walking in divine blessing. You're walking in the things of God. There's things that are happening for you, but look, you sowed it back here. You sowed it back here. It's the same in the principle of fasting. It's what they call it preparation fasting. We don't fast while we're doing the big ministry and the, confer- uh, the conferences or the crusades because it's too, too hard on you. But you wonder why you get up there and the power of God works. You think, wow, this is like extraordinary. I'm not fasting. And, you know, I didn't have time to read the Word of God because the airplane and, Lord, I don't feel that close. But, man, you're moving with extraordinary power. No, it's because the grace on you there, but what you sowed back here. It's called preparation and God will elevate you in your ministry. He will elevate you according to your gifts. So we're not all song leaders. So it doesn't mean if you fast and pray all of a sudden, now you're going to morph into a song leader. No, no, no. It's your gift. If you're a writer and you fast and pray and, and sow into the ministry there, what God's going to do, he's going to elevate you. All of a sudden, there's going to be pages open up and you can write. Or somebody wants your story. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to get bogged down on this, man. I've got to go. I've got to go. Honor the function that people have. I'm going to close very shortly. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. What has God entrusted you with? Think about that. Are you giving it your very best? Is your attitude gold? Are you treating the boss well, your colleagues well? Are you a solid, good representation of Jesus in a life that would work? Is that what you're doing? Are we casual or are we thorough? Are we attentive to the details? Are we procrastinating? We'll do it tomorrow. We'll keep putting it off like sloth behavior. Or are we efficient in the things of God? Are we efficient and accurate in our service? Because let me tell you this, the standard where every Christian puts their footprint on this earth, they should carry the spirit of excellence. Where we engage and where we get involved, it should be great. Let me tell you about honor too. Do you know honor in the home? Um, Honor in the home, we must honor our families. Like the husband that works and works and works and works and hardly sees the wife, I want to present to you, I think we need to look at the area of honor. Because what we're bringing is work over and above family. Uh, it could be that we're working, working like workaholics, and we hardly see the kids. Working, working, working like workaholics, hardly see the kids. We need to honor the house, honor the soul of the home, and bring an adjustment. That's all that happens, bring an adjustment. Still be awesome, still be going for it, and whatever, but manage the life really well. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.